maybe a first haul. Maybe I maybe ought to say it that way, but I spent a good bit of my life in this community, and Debbie and I uh, was married over in the old building. Many of you might remember that several years ago. won't say how many, but, uh, you know, our age shows a little bit. But I will say this. Uh, isn't, it, isn't it great to live in the country we live in? You know, the, the, free, the freedom we have, the liberty we have, you know, that's a blessing, a great blessing. But you know, the most important blessing is the freedom and the liberty we have in Jesus Christ. You know, the Apostle Paul said in Romans, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, that we are free in Jesus Christ. Wow. So our freedom is in Jesus Christ, and what a blessing it is to uh, uh, have that. I'm going to apologize because I took my phone back there and gave it to Debbie a while ago, and I said, well, I won't need that. They got a clock up here on this pulpit. And it says 9.22, so I guess we, we could have a long service here today. <laughs> but uh, Lord willing, maybe not. But today, like I said, appreciate the songs that were sung, appreciate the prayers. You know, uh, it was kind of remarkable that sitting there in the Bible class, the brother had some passages that I had in my lesson today. And I thought, well, you know, somebody told me one time, well, we're still speaking from the same book, right, Larry? We're all speaking from the same book. So it was just remarkable that that... Uh, was part of uh, uh, his class, and I appreciate the class that he, he spoke to us. We're going to start here if I can get to, yeah, we got it. So how many of you have seen these kind of signs lately? Everybody, you know, maybe, maybe not this in, one particular sign, but have you ever seen so many places trying to find workers? Have you ever seen anything like it? Have we ever seen anything like that? Some of you all possibly that's running a business or maybe in a work, work environment where your responsibility is to hire employees. Wow, that's a challenge, isn't it? You know, and uh, I saw one sign that said, help wanted, but it said at the bottom of it, it says, you must have a clue. <laughs> and so I thought, well, you know, I guess that's a little bit part of it too. But So today, I hope this lesson today will help us to kind of rekindle the fire for our work for our Lord Jesus Christ. And, and I hope that's where this lesson goes and uh, when we finish today. Lord willing, if you can come back tonight, those that can, uh, this congregation's been supportive of the Lord's work in, in, in many places, but some of the work that, that the Lord's allowed me to be a part of in Russia and other places, y'all been real supportive of that work. And more recently, the situation that's going on in the Ukraine. Uh, you know, it was a few months ago I came and gave a report, and uh, it just really, really touched me as I was about to leave. The elders walked up and said, here's a check from this congregation. Wow. You know, and y'all been real supportive of the work. It's the Lord's work. If it's in Midway, if it's in Hatton, if it's in the Ukraine, if it's in Sikhtiv Car, Russia, it's the Lord's work. And so I just want to thank you again for... Uh, uh, for your efforts and being a part of the Lord's work in many places. So tonight, if you can come back tonight, Lord willing, uh, David told me, said, uh, Brother, just, you know, maybe give you a report on what's most current things. So tonight I'm going to show uh, hopefully a PowerPoint on some of the current things that's taking place that just took place in Warsaw, Poland, that's going on uh, still in the Ukraine. And y'all, let's not forget our brethren in Russia too. There's a lot of brothers and sisters in Russia that are really going through some uh, difficult times now. They really are. And so we've got to keep praying for them and, and do what we can to support them in any way. I will say this is kind of before we get started, uh, too, that 
as I was walking in, one of the brothers just kind of hollered across the parking lot, and he said, well, brother, I guess we're at the bottom of the barrel today. So, so here we are. I noticed y'all had a great list of men that's going to be speaking, I, I'm assuming, during your summer series. And I know Brother David had asked me uh, back earlier, and I had to kind of postpone because of that last trip I went on. So it looks like y'all got a great summer series set up. But I want, if you will, turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4. And we're going to talk just a little bit about having a mind to work. And uh, we're going to find our, our text today from Nehemiah chapter 4. And we're going to read verses uh, 1 through 6 here. And we find here where it says, But it came to pass that when San, Sanballat heard that we had built the wall, he was wroth, or he was angry, and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Have you ever tried to start a work, brother? And well, y'all can't do that. I, I can just imagine. And I wouldn't hear, but I can just imagine. Well, how are we going to build this building out here on Highway 24? Y'all don't have to say anything, but I'm sure there was a little bit of questioning. Anytime you try to do something big, especially for the cause of Christ, there's always a few naysayers. And that's sad to say, but that's kind of what was going on here. Keep reading. Verse number 2. <clears throat> Nehemiah 4. And he spake before his brethren and to the army of Syria and said, What do these feeble Jews, will they mortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end of the day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. So you had a friend. There's always usually, if one gets in the, in the crowd, there's usually somebody else that's going to buddy up with the as the brother said today, we've got to stand together. Uh, but there's always someone, sometimes on the naysayer side, it also kind of adds to it. So here's what happens. Verse number 3 again. That which they had, he said, even if they build this wall, if a fox go up on it, it shall break their stones down. Verse 4. Hear, O, hear, o God, for we are despised, and turn their approach upon every head, and give them prey in the land of captivity. And cover now their iniquity, and let not the sin be blotted out from before them, that they provoke them anger from the builders. Verse 6. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together, and half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. And so today, I hope, hope our lesson today encourages us. Sure, there's a lot of help wanted, but there's a most most work that needs to be done is in the Lord's church still. You know, I heard someone say, what is the greatest days of the church? A lot of people go back to Acts 2 and wow, what a great day when the church was established. Even all of those great examples we find through the book of Acts, things that took place. But what's the greatest day for the church now? It's got to be today for us, hasn't it? It's got to be today. We got to be the people that have a mind to work and do what we can. You know, I was just reminded of this in Jeremiah chapter 20. Sometimes when these naysayers or you kind of get discouraged, this is kind of what happened to Jeremiah, wasn't it? In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 through 9, he said, O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and thou hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, everyone mocketh me. For since I, everyone mocketh me. Wow. You ever get any mockery for being a Christian? Maybe a little discouragement? Let's just drop on down to verse 9. 
But notice what Jeremiah said. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Man, I hope and pray that never happens to any of you, that you get to the point that you're so discouraged over discouragement that you say, well, I'm just going to quit. Notice what Jeremiah said. But his word was in my heart. His word, brother. Our brother that talked to class today, it's all about the word of God. You know, there's two things that Jesus Christ said would never pass away. And what are they? Matthew chapter 16, he said, the church. And then he said, Matthew chapter 24, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. The words of Jesus Christ will not pass away. So Jeremiah here, the words of God here, he said similar. He said, but his word was in my heart. It was a burning fire within me it, that, that I could shut in my bones. I was not weary and forbearing. I could not stay. I'm still having a little trouble with these glasses. I'm sorry. I just, I still, I don't know if any of you having that. I told Brent before this started, I'm, I've changed glasses two or three times, but I'm still just kind of got that. I guess it's just part of getting a little aged, isn't it, brother? I guess that's it. But you know, the thing about it, I hope today that we talk about then, let's have this want to desire. You know, what is, our, what is something that we love to do for the Lord's church? Let's just each of us ask these questions as we study this lesson. What is the type of work? I know the brother mentioned Vacation Bible School, and there's a lot of good works that goes on from this congregation. So this, is not, this lesson is not particularly just for here, but it says the Lord's church in general. What, what is more that we can do for the work of Christ? In what ways are we currently contributing to the, to the Lord's work here, even at Midway? You know, the passage, the brother, uh, I, I, uh, he touched on that, and I was hoping he'd go ahead and read it, because it's a long reading, and I'm not going to read all of it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'd like for you to turn your, your passage over there, if you would, just a minute. And here we find an example. The Apostle Paul was talking to the, uh, about the, a collection for the poor saints. And in studying, I guess I had kind of let this get away from me, but the, the churches in Macedonia was in the northern part of Greece. The, church in, the churches in Corinth was in the southern part of Greece, as I understand. And so we find here in the first five verses where Paul was uh, giving credit, I guess you say, to the churches in Macedonia, how that they was given out of their uh, great poverty, their great poverty, they were given because they had a desire to do it. And then you get on down to verse number 6. And he starts talking to the churches at Corinth. And I've always in the past have just kind of read this. Well, he's talking to the churches at Corinth. But then I didn't really realize, I guess, until I studied a little more closer on this lesson. He's talking about two different congregations of people here, groups of people. The Macedonians and the, and the Corinthian church. So when he gets to verse 6, look, listen to what he says. And he's talking to the church at Corinth here, and he says, Insomuch that we desired Titus, that he had began, began a good work, and you, you should finish in the same grace. So sometimes there, there's a necessity for, a, for someone to motivate, make it happen, isn't there? There's always an uh, uh, encouragement or a need for somebody to make it happen. So these, the congregations in, in Corinth had had the mindset to be about this same work that the Macedonians had done. But they had kind of delayed in it. You know, there is such thing as apathy. Apathy. You lose your desire. And I hope and pray 
That never happens at the Lord's Church here or any Lord's Church as far as that goes. Did we get to the point that we just lose our desire? And one of the reasons was that they had done that was because 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he talks about the Apostle Paul had told him, said, look, they, they were following after different they were following after different men. They didn't really have their focus on Jesus Christ. Some of the things that were going on there, they were actually uh, uh, suing their brethren. They had a lot of sin involved. So they kind of got their mind off focus. So Paul goes on and tells them here in verses 11 and 12 of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. He says, Now therefore performing the things that you ought to do, do it. And so he encourages them to make sure that they continue and do the things that are most needful and important to them. Sometimes we need to know just what we want to do. There's a danger when our want to fades and never comes back. Is that the truth or what? There is a danger. If we ever let our want to fade away and, and, the, Lord, and the work doesn't come back. In life, intentions are great, but one of the worst things... One of the greatest things is there has to be someone that can make it happen. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, our brother mentioned this passage uh, today in his lessons as well. But there was a great desire uh, when you see the, 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 the importance of the, the church and the importance of each, each person's uh, responsibility in the church. But what is the greatest thing that we are part of today? The body of Christ. You know, and then sometimes, I think I've used this before, but you know, sometimes, as he mentioned about the members, sometimes the, the, the least member of the congregation sometimes feel like I'm not that important. But I really appreciate what the brother said today in the Bible class. It's not about who's getting the credit. It's not about who gets the credit because we're all a part of the body of Jesus Christ. You notice what he said there in verse 23. He says, those members that are less honorable. But guess what? You're still a member. And then verse 27 says, know ye that the body of Christ and members in particular. You know, there, there's, there is a, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. He said, by the grace of God, I am who I am. He said he was the least of all the apostles. But you know what he went on to say in verse number 10? And I don't think he was doing it in a, braggish, in a braggadocious way. He said, I've worked more than the rest of them. You know, we as Christians need to have the attitude that our work needs to be not about the glory, all glory to Jesus Christ, but our work needs to be because what he did for us. You know, one of the greatest examples, I think, of, of someone really putting their whole life into the work was in Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 25 through, tw through 30. And here we find the, the Apostle Paul talking to uh, the church, and he says, verse 25, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Ephroditus, my brother, a companion in labor, a fellow soldier, Wow. But our messenger, and he hath ministered to my wants. For he longed after you and was of full of heaviness, but that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him, 
and not only him, but on me, lest should I have sorrow upon sorrow. I sent him, therefore, the more careful that you might see him again. You may rejoice and that may know that of his less sorrow. Verse 29. Receive him, therefore, in the Lord with all gladness, and hold him in such reputation. More we'll get verse number 30. Because, why, why did he tell them to hold him in great esteem? Verse number 30. Because of the work of Christ he has done, he was nigh to death. Wouldn't that be something, you know, when we pass from this life, you know, you go to a cemetery a lot of times and you'll read a lot of, of messages on tombstones for the work of Christ. Wow. It was all about the work of Christ for this man here. He says, because of the work of Christ, he was nigh to death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack in service to me. What a great example we find here of this man. And then, you know, in 1 Timothy chapter, the Apostle Paul uh, goes on and talks about a mind to work. You know, the elders here, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, it says, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires what? A good work. It's something about working, isn't it, brother? It's something about working. You know, the apostle, uh, James, James says in James chapter 1, and I kept, I couldn't help think about Brother Dub Hill. Y'all know Brother Dub, and this is probably his passage, uh, the work that he's been involved in in the social assistant homes there in North Russia. But this is a passage we all want to be involved in. But James chapter 1, verse 25 through tw uh, 27. <clears throat> but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. It's about work. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. And so that passage there, when we think about it, brother, I remember Brother Dub said, James chapter 1, verse 27 goes on to say, verse 27 says, Pure religion undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction. And so he said, James uh, 127 is the two to get them to Matthew chapter 28. Baptize them into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, I, you know, this is a weekend. I don't know. We, we for many years, have usually tried to have a little camp out down at the lake with the uh, young people and, you know, have roast hot dogs and have marshmallows and stuff. Y'all do that kind of stuff around here, too, I'm sure. So we, we enjoy that. But you know what happens usually during the night? You know, you build this big bonfire and you got the fire going and boy, everybody's around the bonfire and you, we singing all these uh, songs and we're encouraged and everybody's happy to be there. That fire kind of starts dwindling, don't it? You know, in the Lord's church, we need to rekindle the fire when it comes to the work of Jesus Christ. It's all about rekindling the fire. Notice this statement here. If there is no passion in our working, it won't be long before it becomes routine and boring. It's all about having some passion. You've got to have passion for the work of the Lord. You know, <clears throat> you know there, is a, there is a mindset of, of, of laziness sometimes. Do y'all have those fire ant piles out here and you fail sometime, Roger? <laughs> you know, 
I don't know, man, it seems like my farm's just about overtaken with them now, but, you know, when you go knock those piles down, what happens? Seems like they just scatter and build about 50 more, don't they? Well, you know, that's kindly what, that's kindly the mindset of, of what the wise man says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. He says, talking about not being lazy to work, he says, consider the ant and be wise because, you know, she'll just keep going. She'll never quit. You know, one passage that we need to keep in mind as Christians, remember the Lord's church, is 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. John writes here, he says, We are to keep the commandments of God because His commandments are not burdensome. I'm concerned, I don't like to use the word worried, but I'm concerned today that it, maybe it's trickling into the Lord's church that sometimes, as the brother said in class, I'm giving, you know, you had some great points, brother, that sometimes this is not burdensome. It's the Word of God. And we need to be encouraged by that. You know, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 25 says, A lazy man refuses to work. Wow. You know, in, in, the, in our normal life today, we see a lot of that, don't we? People are just flat refusing to work because they just, I feel like it's laziness. You know, Proverbs chapter six, uh, 26, verse 14, he says, A lazy man is someone that has a hard time getting out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Y'all ever seen any people like that? They just can't seem to get out of bed. But you know, in Matthew chapter 22, a passage we need to really let sink into our mind. The Bible says there, Jesus Christ said, Love the Lord with all your, love the God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We need to rediscover the mindset of the foundation of our zeal. What are we doing right now in our work for the Lord? That's something we, I'd like to ask all of us. You know, the, the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, the Bible says there that they had great things they had done in the past. They'd done a lot of good. You know, sometimes we like to look in the rearview mirror and say, boy, look what we've done, don't we? But, you know, there's a windshield in front of us. We need to be windshield Christians, not rearview mirror Christians. And I'm concerned, and I'm, I'm seriously, it's 10 coming to this old boy. But it's still in front of us. I press towards the mark, what Paul said. I press towards the mark. It's still in front of us. The, you remember the excitement when you obeyed the gospel? What excitement that was? I hope tonight, if you can come back tonight, I want to show you a few pictures of some people that obeyed the gospel once they was... Wow. Got into a safer place. There was one young man, I'll tell a story just a little bit. His name's Slava. And tonight I'll share this again, so y'all might have to hear this second time. But this man was from the country of Belarus. He had, most, I'll be careful because I know this is probably being recorded, but uh, Belarus and Russia are kind of on the same. They're together in this mindset of what's going on in, in the Ukraine. And so this, this man was not a Christian. His grandmother had taught him about God, and he knew a good bit about God himself. His name's Slava. I'll just say Slava. So in, while we were in Warsaw, Poland, on this last trip, there was a group of, of other men that came through that was going to go on into the Ukraine and uh, do some other work for the Lord while, that, while I was in, in Warsaw, Poland. 
Well, there, one of the men was a brother from Mexico. He couldn't get in through customs in the Ukraine customs into Mexico. I mean, into the Ukraine. Now, he's a Mexican. We just, I'm going to say that, and y'all think about it a minute. Just think about what's going on with our situation. He couldn't get in. This is a brother from Nashville, Tennessee, but he was a Mexican. He had to call a taxi. And just so happened, or Uber, I always say this wrong, Uber, Uber driver. Debbie always corrects me. Y'all probably know what, what it is. If there's one thing that I've got in common with Apostle Paul, he says he was not eloquent at speech, and most of y'all know that by listening to me. But, you know, the, the Uber, Uber driver, however you want to say that. So this, this guy's name's Robert, our brother from Mexico. He calls and just so happened Slava had rented a car to try to make a little bit of money because he had left his wife and two children in Belarus because he was protesting the war. He had to leave that country to basically save his physical life. I wasn't really planning on telling that now, but I'm going to go ahead and finish. Get back to Warsaw, Poland. This brother Robert somehow found out I was there. We just happened to be. No, he came to the house where we had, y'all had helped rent this apartment for these Christians that are refugees now in Poland. And he said, I just happen to have my driver here and he's needing some work. And he don't really want money, he just wants to help. And his name's Slava. Now just keep adding this up. Spent some time with Slava, just to make a long story short. Had an opportunity to baptize him the day before I left. It's all about the work of the Lord. What's the chances of that happening? Y'all, we all got one person. There's one person that we all know that you can have some influence on because one day we're going to be judged by that book, this book. You know, Jesus Christ, uh, when he sent out the apostles in Mark chapter 6, he sent them out two by two. Why was that, you think? You know, I've made a few trips with myself, and I know Larry and Kay's probably made a few trips. This kind of gets a little discouraging sometimes if you take these trips by yourself sometimes. And, and if you're a Christian, sometimes you might feel like you're standing in the corner by yourself. You know, Elijah had that feeling one time, didn't he? And he, he looked up, and what was it, seven more thousand. Seven more thousand. Well, aren't you thankful for this congregation of the Lord's church here? You know, discouragement happens when we try to do everything ourselves. Doesn't it? If you just say, well, I, I just, you know, I won't, I won't ask for no help. I, but sometimes you can get discouraged. Find people that have the same motivation you have because you'll feed off of each other. If you like want to, I call it want to or desire. If you like want to, spend more time with a motivator. Find a helper. Listen to these three people that the Apostle Paul uh, mentions here just real briefly. But he says, Romans chapter 16, verse 3, he says, he he said uh, Priscilla and Aquila were fellow tent workers, but he calls them his helpers in Jesus Christ. Don't you know he got some encouragement from those people? I can, just, I can just imagine they might be out building a tent, but they got some encouragement. I can just imagine that. 
2 Corinthians chapter 8, some of the passages we just talked about. You know, Titus, he calls Titus, he says, my partner and fellow worker in the Lord. And boy, his young man, Timothy. Timothy, he called him his son in the faith. In Romans chapter 16, verse 21, he says, uh, Paul, he called him his fellow worker in the Lord. We're getting close to the end. I want to just encourage you three things here. Three attitudes that we should, should help us motivate us for the work of the Lord. Three things to think about, three questions. Number one, what's your standard? Christianity, Christianity is not just a life that settles for mediocrity. Let me say that again. What is our standard? Christianity is not a life that settles just for mediocrity. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, the Apostle Paul said, Whatsoever you do, do it what? Heartily unto the Lord. You know, all of us have got, most of us uh, have work or have had work in our life. We do it because we want to provide for our family. Well, when it comes to the Lord's church, we provide for Jesus Christ more souls that go to heaven. We need to remember that. It's our responsibility. Galatia, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it what? Do it with all your might. You know, one of the saddest passages that Jesus Christ mentions is in Luke chapter 9, verse 62. He says, those that put your hand to the plow and do what? Look back. Are not fit for the kingdom. So I want to encourage you. Not, don't have a, a life. What is our standard? Really think about what our standard is. Number two, what's the typical thing that gets sacrificed with my time? What, what are we doing with our time? You know, I, I saw a... I saw a uh, and I think I told y'all, I've never, I'm not been too big on Facebook, but I guess I have lately because I want to remember some of those people's faces in this Ukraine crisis that's going on. But just in passing, I saw a sign somewhere that said, I think it's two hundredths of a percent of all children that become athletes may become a professional athlete may become a professional. Is it 200 or 2,000? It was like a number that was way out there. But you know what the rest of the sign said? 100% I'm going to stand before God in judgment. 100% I'm will. And we all got, so we need to make sure. When Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, uh, 33, Jesus Christ said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, sometimes I'm concerned that people forget you know, our, our denominational friends sometimes say, well, we, it doesn't really matter what church you're a part of just because we're all part of the kingdom. Well, Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 16, he said he, said he was going to build his church. And in verse 19, he said he was going to give Peter the keys to the kingdom. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, the apostle Paul said that we have been translated into the kingdom. The kingdom's here now. It's the Lord's church. Now, how do we finish that? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24, the apostle Paul said, Then cometh the end when Jesus Christ will deliver up the kingdom to God Almighty. It's all about the kingdom. And the last question then, what does steadfast look like in my life? Our brother touched on that today. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, a passage that we all know. Therefore, be ye steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in what? It's all about work, isn't it, Roger? The work of the Lord. For you know your labor's not in vain in the Lord. 
John chapter 9. I got to give our brother credit. He asked me last night pretty late about some songs, and I, I didn't get a chance to get back with him. But one of my father's favorite songs was Work for the Night is Coming, When No Man Works No More. You know, John chapter 9, verse 4 says, We must work while it is day because there comes a, a, a night uh, when we'll not work anymore. I want us to kind of finish right here. John chapter 4, verse 34 through 36. <clears throat> John chapter 4. And Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me to finish his work. Say not, therefore, four months. Then cometh the harvest. Before I, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are white already into harvest. Now get this verse 36. And he that reapeth receiveth wages. It's all about working. It's all about working. Nobody expects to show up to a job and not get paid. Nobody. That's one of the saddest things that's, that I guess is kind of a discouragement for the workforce in our country right now. It's, it, wow. Work. But listen to this. And he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. It's not about this life. It's about eternal life. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. One of the greatest things is to have an opportunity to share the gospel with one person and see that person obey that gospel uh, in obedience to Jesus Christ. Because what happens? There's a lot of rejoicing on our part but also Jesus Christ is rejoicing in heaven. We started here, and I want to end right here. There might be some here today. You know, in Matthew chapter 20, when Jesus went out, and when it talks about trying to hire workers in the vineyard, there might be somebody here today that hadn't ever signed up. You're not employed. You're not a Christian. You're not even part of the work. I want to encourage you today to really think about it. You know, Galatians chapter 3, verse 27 says, How many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ? It's all about putting on Jesus Christ, getting your hand to the plow, and getting to the work. You know, and it's sad to say, but in Matthew chapter 25, Jesus went on to say, and there may be someone here today that says, I'm kind of like that one talent guy. I knew I had the talent. I knew there was one person that I could probably have a little bit of influence, but I just kind of kept it to myself. Didn't really, kind of, maybe just a little bit of shame, just a little bit. Man. So I want to encourage you today, if we can help you in any way, if somebody needs to obey the gospel, become part of the Lord's work. Or maybe you said, man, I've been sitting a little bit idle, I need my fire rekindled. We'd like to encourage you to come as we stand and sing.